This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now, it's Everything is Golden on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here is your host, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. And here we are. Welcome to Everything is Golden. And this week, it's truly golden because I have a friend with me that I'm going to introduce you to. He has done so much in his life. He looks like a young chap. And he is a young chap, I guess. But he's done a lot. He is a professional musician. He is a professional Ron, what would you, his name is Ron Hellman. Hello, Ron. Yeah, hey, James. How are you? It's nice to see you. I'm good. Come a little bit closer to that uh, of mic. Of course, so we I'd, can just I'd make, love to. There you go. Now, what would you say, are you a professional trainer as well? <laughs> How do you describe what it is that you do? We know you do music. I know you we do music. Know. We know that. I have tunes for that. I've got records for that. But in, the, in this world of wellness, basically, yes. I, I sort of take a... A long view, uh, looking at a person's ability to function and be in this world, enjoy this world, feel healthy in this world, love in this world. And those are done through techniques like yoga and fitness and meditation and uh, kissing. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, but you have also worked with people, am I allowed to talk about this stuff with oh, you, your client yeah. list. You can talk to me about anything, James. Okay. I, I trust you. So the people that you have worked with are some of the most notable in the music industry. For instance, you worked with Sting for a while doing, and you talk about somebody that's in shape. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Sting, Sting, <laughs> I know him. I think we were both... 33 when we met. We're uh, roughly the same age by just uh, six weeks or so. So he was just leaving the police and he was sort of stepping out on his own. And uh, I was invited to a party down in Little Italy. And um, what was fun about that is I step into this kind of lofty Little Italy loft, and they're staying, and he's in conversation with these Russian gentlemen to try to create one of the first concerts in Moscow. And uh, the joke that I have a little bit with that is I knew what I was doing and I knew where I was going. So because I've worked with a lot of models, I not only asked one model out on this date, but two, and I walked into into this party with two amazing sort of cover girl, gorgeous women, and that sort of that caught the attention of many people, including Sting. Aha! <laughs> and so I guess you had a conversation, and from there, yeah, the conversation, a, a friendship developed. How quickly? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, he had come to my studio. And um, back in those days, in the late 80s, early 90s, we trainers, uh, fitness guys, used to make mixtapes on cassette. And so <laughs> I would have a, a series of really good music. I was quite good at that. People loved the music that I played. Very inspiring. But it, it sort of had that Michael Jackson 
thriller energy of that period. Right. And I remember we were doing some work, and uh, it was our first class, and Sting, a Sting song comes on while he's working out. And we're in my Carnegie Hall studio, 20-foot ceilings, a beautiful view. It's gorgeous. And the song Russians comes on. And he starts, uh, he's on a little bit of a break because we're working pretty hard. He starts singing with his own music, and it's ringing in my studio. And I remember at that moment to say, I am conscious of this. I will take this experience in. I will film it with my eyes. I will have my headset on, and I will never lose this experience. And that was 30 minutes into our relationship. And then it just blossomed because we're both kind of fun and we're both pretty easy. And But we did a lot of good work. And he came to me in very good shape, but he wanted more. And that's sort of the nature of high-profile people. They want more. Yeah. You're not easy, though. <laughs> yeah, I've learned this about you. You're not, you're not an easy date when it comes to working out because what you're – you demand that people that are serious about this, that they take it seriously. You're not one of these guys that just is not going to, uh, how did you, I, I raised this with you before. I yeah. said, Ron, you know, you, you, you're really serious as a trainer. You don't, I still can't wait to get to the musician part of it. Yeah, life. sure. But as a trainer, yes. let's just deal with that for a second because you don't have like hundreds of clients. You work with a very small group of people, That's but right. you demand that they, Hey, if you're in this, be in it all the way. Well, I think the language is that I understand that I'm about to engage in a relationship. And there's uh -huh. a certain amount of intimacy in this relationship that will occur as a result of sharing some very deep aspects of your life. Because it's, it's really down in the root that we begin to start to blossom and find our way into success. Without getting to the source, you will just simply have a massage. It'll be wonderful. It will be fantastic. You will feel good for your 24 hours, and life will go on. But most of the people that seem to have been attracted to me want more. They want more from me. They want more from themselves. And if you're going to do fine work and good work and successful work, it's not that it requires a commitment or discipline. It requires the nature of a beautiful relationship. And if you are in this relationship, you want to stay in the, this relationship regardless of the tempo and temperature that could arise in, in the encounter. Mm -hmm. Man, you have such a way of explaining things. Okay, walk us through your life as a musician. First of all, you've been a manager yeah. You've managed some of the most well-known jazz artists on the planet. That's right. Mutual friends. <laughs> yes, including some mutual friends that we have. You are a musician yourself, and you still play. Yes. And you taught yourself, coming out of classical, how to be a jazz artist. Yeah, well, first you have to hang out with some jazz artists. You have to sort of find the tribe a little bit and get a sense of the being that wants to pursue this endeavor, this courageous endeavor of to be spontaneous, being in the moment, being in the now, and risking 
your voice coming forward regardless of the outcome, and that outcome gets better and better. And so, uh, but you were classically trained as a child. I was. I, I started. That was the nature of how you learned your instrument. Uh, and so, I studied the classics and the classic literature of, of trumpet and some opera excerpts and orchestral excerpts, and I became pretty good. I mean, I was studying with some of the finest trumpeters in the world: Gerard Swartz, New York Philharmonic, Mark Gould, the Met Orchestra that kind of thing. And then I stopped playing for 20 years. <laughs> I just, Why? Well, I was getting called upon when I moved to New York to work with people in this fitness, wellness way. That's where the... So phone- you had been developing, as you were a musician and a playing classical musician, you had also started training. Yeah. What it was is that as a boy... The, the reality was, and this became clear, and it is still clear today, what I have an interest in doing is I like to be on the playground. I like to run around. I like to go on the swings. I like to play tag. And that's what I want to bring, not only to my own life, but to other people's lives, and insert those various desires towards these various pursuits. So... I was I, I was a tumbler at first. You know, I tumbled and I learned how to tumble. And then I learned floor exercise. And then I was a competitive gymnast. And that's sort of how I got some scholarships with this blended scholarship of gymnastics and music, specifically classical trumpet playing. So you know what I get from you, though? Everything that you do, you are what is popularly called a high achiever. You don't want to do anything half-assed. If you pick it up and you put some time in it, you are one of those guys. You want to be the best at it, or at least the best that you can be at it. Yeah, you. That's the golden. That's the golden rule there. Being the best you can be at that. What it was is, I don't think I'm particularly very good at most things. <laughs> I, so somehow, in the playful spirit of wanting to pursue something. It was fun to play the trumpet and work that out and deal with the challenges of playing that instrument, as well as, you know, hoping you were going to win a a medal on floor exercise. And somehow you came up a little short, but you still enjoyed the process and you still wanted to pursue that over and over again. And I think people can get very, very good at a few things. Okay, you there are words that you use. And you use them now, and you've used them in previous conversations that we've had. Play, fun, joy. What is going on with you? Who, who, are, who is that person in you? And you started talking about meditation, yoga, all these other things that you're into. Who is this person? Who is Ron? <laughs> Probably there's a variety of opinions about who Ron Hellman is. Well, I'm looking at a poster in your studio, and I'm looking at The Godfather, and I'm thinking about having worked with Al Pacino, and I spent quite a bit of time with Al Pacino. And what, what is he? He's an actor. That's what he does. He pretends, and he pretends on stage, and what they call he's doing is called a play. It's a play. It's playful. It is, this is what I want to do. So it doesn't matter what the career is. 
It just says, can you play at it? Can you be in joy? Can you be at full joy and full throttle with whatever the pursuit is? And if you're sort of moving in that direction, then organically there's a way of it falling into all the aspects of your life. And so you say, who's Ron Hellman? Well, I'm definitely a yogi. I love yoga. I definitely work out and train. I definitely play the trumpet and practice diligently. I make sure that I'm connecting with people every day and noticing what's fabulous about them because there's always something fabulous about them. And when they are seen that way, the reflection of that and the exchange of that is so beautiful. And then it's time to go to bed and you do it again. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So do you ever get depressed? You're like a happy guy. Do you get depressed? How do you, if you do get depressed, how do you work your way out of it yourself? Yes. I can't say I'm inclined to get depressed. I probably, I have said to others, probably the only attribute that seems to be natural and not worked for is that I'm generally kind of happy and I can't even explain why. I can analyze it and know that I'm in deep gratitude for where I am, who I am, and the place in the timeline of time that I was born at a certain way. I was born with certain certain parents. I was born in New Jersey. I lived in New York most of my life. I had exceptional experiences. I had horrifying experiences. And that that makes all of it quite good. That balance and that lack of fear of failure is very freeing. Now, do I get frightened? Do I worry? Um, Do I have concerns? Yes. But I also have tools through all the disciplines and all the people that have had a profound effect on me to be able to isolate the, the moment of anxiety or fear and ask myself a simple question. What is the truth here? What is the actual truth here? And I have a willingness to talk about what is actually true versus my feelings, because I find them to be sometimes not in the same nest. And that's that's how I manage that. Okay, talk to me a minute. So you dropped playing trumpet for 20 years. Yeah. And <clears throat> no, I'm not going to play. Yeah. Well, I... I I had realized uh, that when I was in New York, as we previously talked about, there were so many more better trumpet players than me. Oh, my goodness. I mean, 
I mean, my teachers were amazing and they had these positions in orchestras, but then there was the studio cats and the jazz cats and all these people. And of course, I've been a fan of so many trumpet players and so many musicians. And that was really not, I wasn't going to be able to be in that business that way. So, as I said, you know, all of a sudden I'm teaching at the Juilliard School Drama Department. I, you want to hear, want to hear something kind of funny how yeah. that happened? Yeah. I was performing in a, with a dance company at uh, the Lincoln Center Band Shell for an outdoor summer festival. And there were like a lot of people there. I mean, a thousand, fifteen hundred people all seated. I finished and my name was in a playbill. And I get a phone call because back in those days, you could, I think you dialed 411 and said, can I have the number of Ron Hellman? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they just give it to you, a mm-hmm. landline. So I get a call from a gentleman named Moni Yakim. And Moni uh, is Israeli and spent a lot of time in France. He's a, and so he says, can you do what I saw you do? Can you teach that? And I said, yeah, uh, like uh, Paul Taylor or Joffrey, there's a technique inside of that, and that's a teachable thing. He says, well, I want you to start on Monday. <laughs> there's no resume. There's no vetting. All of a sudden, I have a class, the second year class, and I was at Juilliard for, I think, eight years. My goodness. Yeah. And, and of course— You've had the most interesting life. It was it's, crazy. It's, it, goes, it goes in these— but you have to be open to it in order for that to happen. Well, that's part of the process of the core of what we're talking about. There's a lot of editing and clearing that is the first stages of of finding your way to attraction and to being open and loving. Uh, there's There's a lot of voices that have been installed within us from birth. And even before birth within the chromosome and DNA fields of how we became generationally who we are today. So you start to look here. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I moved here 20 days ago to West Palm Beach and I had to get a root canal and it was shocking to me that I had to do that. And what I realized because it was broken down into two sessions, so almost two root canals, I was with a dentist and I was realizing that in this process, he was going to have to open up the top of the tooth and go down to the lowest part of this tooth into the root. Then he was going to have to heal some of the problems in that arena. And then he sealed it up and he added medicine at that time. Then I came back two weeks later and then he redid that and then sealed the top. What he did was he knew that he had to solve this problem from the very beginning, from the root of things, from the earliest moment. And that, and so I saw it as a metaphor, you know, and that's how I still see it. I still see that if you're going to engage in these relationships and you're going to commit to someone, I, Ron Hellman, want to be very successful at it. So your success is attached to my willingness to really want to be successful with you. That's really what it is. I don't want to leave this podcast without going back to how you came back to trumpet. You stopped playing. 
Yeah. What made you go back? And then you were classically trained before. Yeah. You're not a jazz player. No, not at all. So then how'd you become a jazz player? What made you want to go back and how'd you do it? Okay, I think I heard all those clusters of questions and I'm going to I'm going to do this. So I had moved uh, to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I had a box Stradivarius and some mutes and some music. And uh, I think there was some, there was a sense of a, di- I was in a different world, I, almost like I was on a different planet. When you're in the state of New Mexico, in this part of the earth, it's otherworldly. And I sort of saw something much larger than myself. That's, I think that's the best way to describe it. Rather than these man-made buildings of New York and subways and airplanes and things like that, I saw vast nature. And then, of course, the silly, arrogant, young, young Ron Hellman said, wow, I'm in Santa Fe. If I wanted to run for mayor, I could do, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> so, of course, I didn't, and or should I? But I saw my horn, and I opened it up, and I said, okay, let's, let's take a look at this. So I buzzed on the mouthpiece and had some sense of some things. And then I picked up the horn. I was literally outside in a little courtyard. And I started to blow and I started to sort of know the early stages of yoga within the playing process and the buzzing process and the breathing process. And I was starting to get a sound. And I said, oh, I, I And I started to play a little bit more, and a very profound thought came to me at that moment. I said, Ron, I said, 20 years have passed. I've had 20 more years of life and culture and relationships and disasters and successes, and I am at the top of my game. All I have to do is train. All I have to do is get in condition ever so gradually, and I will be playing extremely well right away within three to four weeks. But that, then it was that point I said, but I don't want to play classical. What I want to do is I want to play jazz because that's the music I always have really, really loved. So I put on the album Kind of Blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was sort of a manageable intake of beauty. Miles Davis the musicians, the sound, and I just started to play along, not reading any music, using my ear only, and I eventually were able to play not only all the songs, but all the solos that Miles Davis had done, all by ear, completely imitating him to such a degree that it would be hard to tell the difference. That's how that all happened. Amazing. Okay, this conversation has taken us full circle. We started with kind of training, went back to you training yourself. We talked music, we talked life, loves, Love, play, play, and all of it. And that's who Ron Hellman is, and that's why I wanted to, to have fun with this podcast and introduce you to Ron Hellman. He's an amazing trainer. He mentioned just two people's thing. And and the actor guy, uh, Pacino. Pacino, yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, it was fun. I've... Okay, let's drop. Okay, I can't so drop a mic. I'll I'll just drop some names, but these are all just fun, lovely people. But let's see who do I, I work with: Bianca Jagger. I work with Calvin Klein and Kelly Klein. I work with uh, Candace Bushnell, who wrote Sex in the City. I worked with uh, Chris Noth, who was Mr. Big in Sex in the City. 
uh, Julianne Moore, an amazing actress, Annabella Sciorra, uh, who was in Spike Lee's early movies. Um, there's, there's more. And, and more so, and more. if people listening to this say, "Okay, this guy sounds like the kind of guy I want to work with," and you don't just work with celebrities; those are just a few. You work with people that you want to work with, yeah. and who want to work with you, who can meet your standards, because yeah. you have standards for this is my standard if you want to work with me and it's only a select group of people how do people reach you if they want to work with you or if they think they want to work with you <laughs> all right well i i have a really nice website i must okay. admit i'm very pleased with it ronhelmancoach.com that's ronhelmancoach.com spell hellman for people please h e l m a n one of each Ron Hellman Coach, yes. Yep, ronhelmancoach.com. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and also, I, I the energy of me being demanding is is not quite it. All I'm all I'm saying is that the formula for success has certain parameters and certain definitions of actually winning that game and moving the desire forward. And it it's a all encompassing. Okay, so idea. rather than demanding, you're looking to work with people of a like mind, where you can understand, where both of you understand the level of achievement that both of you want right. from the working relationship. Exactly. I mean, you have to take into account the deep listening that's involved when someone is telling you what they want. You have to consider that very deeply. It, they may not have the path they may be even slightly off. I, well, here, I'll tell you a, a funny story. <laughs> um, I had a woman come into my studio, and during private lessons, the door was locked, so it's just one-on-one. -on -one. And she comes in, and she starts talking with me. Uh, and we're sort of in the open area, not near the desk. And she starts describing kind of what she wants, like it was a Chinese menu. Like, I want this, and I want that, and I want a swimmer's body. She literally takes her clothes off within 10 seconds her clothes are off except for her bra and panties and i was a bit taken back but i took a breath uh, because she wanted to show me her parts and what she wanted and uh it stuck out to me that she said i want a swimmer's body and i said okay you mean the type of swimmers you see on television the divers and the swimmers and the olympics that you watch right I said, do you know what a swimmer does? Do you have any sense of what they do when they wake up and, and they pursue this swimmer's body or they're pursuing the art of swimming and the competition of swimming? I said, and I proceeded to tell her some of those components. And I said, you would have to stop everything. And this is what we would be doing. And I'm probably not the right person for you. And then I said, now, if you want to take the menu away and you'd like to move into a direction in which you are well, you are healthy, you are really targeting some of these spots and creating a bit of a sculpted body to your desire, we can do that. And here's what it's going to look like. And this is a rough timeline if the commitment is there to show up for yourself. And that's really what I'm speaking to. Wow. Ron, I hope this is the first of many that we do, because <laughs> we have so much to talk about. I want to talk more with you about music, about life. Sure. You've been through struggles, too. We didn't even touch we on those, and let's talk about that in some future episode that Absolutely. we do this, okay? James. Ron, everything is golden, brother. 
Ryan Hellman, James Golden, everything is golden. That's it for this week. And catch us. This is a continuing series. Everything is golden. Thank you for being here. And we will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) 